Hello and welcome to episode 729 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, August 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by both Justin Mason and our special guest, Vlad Sedler. Justin, what's going on? I got two hours of sleep. Vlad, how you doing? I'm great. Always uh, good to be on with you guys. Appreciate having you on. Uh, Justin, I'm, I'm about matching you right now, so we're, we're, we're pretty close on the sleep depravity right now. It's not good. It's not good. I don't. I, I don't think like it's it. Amazing. Uh, you, you shouldn't like it so much. It's. Don't uh, I, about I have no plans sleep. of going to to sleep until like ten or eleven p.m. tonight because I have school after this and then uh, championship, you know, playoffs for uh, for softball tonight. So hopefully I'm crowned a champion and then I can go to sleep. So wait, you're not going to go to sleep before your game? No, I don't have time. Oh my goodness. You're a crazy man. You you really are. You really are. But uh, we're going to run a 2020 draft today. We had to bring Vlad in to do it. Figure we got to get uh, got to get some extra muscle in here. So we're talking with Vlad Settler from Fantasy Guru at RotoGut on Twitter. You guys got to follow me. Probably already are. But if for some reason you're making a little bit of a mistake and you're not, go ahead and do that right now uh, as we're kind of getting prepared for our draft. So, gentlemen, the way we're going to do this is we're essentially going to own five teams each. Um, I figured instead of getting like, you know, us three and 12 other people to try to do really 15 people, uh, we, we could each just kind of you know, create these different teams here over the course of three rounds. So we're going to be talking about 45 players. Uh, we're going to go through it. You guys are already making some picks. These are amazing, amazing huh. picks. I hate both of you a lot. <laughs> but it looks like Vlad already just ready to lock in number one pick, Travis Demerit, and then Justin Kyle Gibson. So I'm on the board. No, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> Vlad, Justin, Paul uh, in a row like that. All of the five times, then we'll snake at 15, and then my fifth team, so to speak, will be on the clock for 16. So we'll kind of go through uh, each trio of picks and kind of discuss them. I think. These first three might not have as much chatter uh, as we get in, so we don't have to, you know, freak out spending a whole bunch of time on like Trout, Acuna, and Yelich or whatever order that goes. But let's go ahead and get it started, Vlad. You do have the number one pick. Are you agonizing at all, or is it, or is it the old steady Eddie? So it's not going to be the old steady Eddie. If I was to, it is to draw Eddie. the number one pick at this moment. Um, and this actually um, is a little bit of an update from an article that I did um, over on August 14th, which is basically mm-hmm. my top 30 ADP for 2020, where at the time I had Mike Trout. And after a little bit more deliberation and a little bit more study, honestly, it really comes down to the stolen bases. Um, and that is the true difference maker. Um, really across the board, Mike Trout and uh 21-year-old Ronald Acuna, who can finally now buy his own beers, they're pretty comparable as far as just about every stat is concerned. Um, you know, at the moment, Acuna is a bit more on the uh, on the run side, um, a little less with the RBIs and the homers, but it's all pretty close. The average is exactly the same at 296. What it comes down to is Acuna has more steals than anyone in baseball, basically since the end of the All-Star break. He's uh, third, I believe, in or fourth in all of baseball. And yeah. that is the true difference maker. I'm I'm all about getting guys that can actually uh, steal bases. And Trout's just running less, only ten bags um, this year so far. So for me, the number one pick is uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Wow, you know, I, I I certainly think there is a strong case for it. You've outlined that case. I totally understand it. He's going to go first regularly in drafts. Justin, you seem a little bit shocked. Uh, it, 
are you against the Acuna pick at number one, or would you just prefer Trout, who you have also already selected for number two? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with the pick for every reason that Vlad said. So I, I'm not going to – anybody wants to take Acuna first, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument for both of those guys. Uh, I think you can make the argument for who I assume your next pick will be in Christian Yelich. Uh, but I think the back issues kind of recurring this year scare me a little bit from wanting to take him uh, number one. So I would take yeah. Trout, but I have no problem with Acuna. I think I'm, I I think I might be ready to take Acuna number one. I do think Yelich is, is the clear three here for the reason you outlined in particular, that the back situation uh, has grown into a little bit of a problem. It's obviously still going to keep him top three for me. It's not like I'm plummeting him down the list, but I do like Yelich at three. By the way, a couple things I wanted to mention. We are looking NFBC-focused, which means that we're going to probably push up starting pitching a little bit more than you might normally see. Uh, all three of us are uh, NFBC players, so that's just kind of where we're looking, understanding that maybe your league will be a little bit less pitching-focused. Uh, you can kind of push it down there. And also we're going to treat Otani as two different players because we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Justin, you said this year he was hitter-only, obviously because he didn't pitch, and then last year he was pitcher-only. That was when they couldn't really figure out how to make him both sides. So we don't know if in 2020 they're going to make Otani hitter-pitcher eligible to where you could use him as a hitter on those weeks when he wasn't pitching. And you said that if he was a dual player, you would draft him in the first round. I actually agree I would too. Vlad, if he was a dual player for the NFBC, where would you draft Otani? Uh, you know what he had? He, it, it's a really strong field this year, especially with all the new uh, the people, new guys in the mix, um, especially on the hitter side. But I think he has to be there in the conversation for just you know what he does. Um, you know he's he's a dominant guy on on both sides of things, and he's had enough time to recover from everything having to do with uh, you know with the elbow and, and, and the arm in general. And so yeah, I think he would absolutely be a, a borderline first rounder if he got both. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. So we'll see what happens here, treating him as two different players. That'll muck things up a little bit compared to what they will be because obviously NFBC will make a decision, but we just want to kind of get an idea of where Shohei Otani is going to go as both Vlad. Your second team is up the four pick. I think this is where the draft really starts because I do think Trout, Acuna, and Yelich are going to be the top three in some order. Uh, whether it's reverse of what we did, Yelich, Trout, Acuna, exactly what we did, Acuna, Trout, Yelich, or Trout, and then the other two in, in some sort of order. I really think those three are going to be the ADP top three with a few guys sneaking in, uh, including perhaps your number four pick. Who are you picking at number four for team two? So I think here with the four pick, I, I think it's, it is pretty clear that there is a top three, but I do believe there's a guy that's going to pretty much be a, a chalky number four. So long as uh, nothing crazy happens here down the stretch um, and probably even more attention in the playoffs, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. But that guy's Cody Bellinger, um, you know, just uh, an absolute beast uh, to two position eligibility. Uh, at some point people thought he was going to, you know, severely uh, slow down and, you know, get that batting average down or, or have a big slump. Uh, had that hole in the swing come back, but that just hasn't been the case. He's tied with Mike Trout for the uh, MLB lead in home runs. Um, the only man with uh, only a hundred uh, with a hundred runs and a hundred ribbies outside of obviously Rafael uh, Devers, uh, mm-hmm. Devers, and uh, he's just a beast. I think there are about three to four guys here that you can consider as uh, as the number four. 
Um, but I'm going to go with my hometown guy with Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I like it, and I do agree that he's probably going to rise up and be the consistent Homer. number four. Um, and we'll see, you know, how regularly. Obviously, uh, we hear Justin chanting Homer. Mm-hmm. You are you memeing, or do you not agree with the pick? Oh, I, uh, I'm memeing completely. Okay. Uh, okay. Just make, just make honestly, sure. uh, depending on you know how Yelich fin- finishes out the season with the back, if he's got an IL stint at any point, I may move Bellinger ahead of Yelich. Completely had those two right there, neck and neck. So I, I fully, fully agree with that. And that's something that will play out over the rest of the season and perhaps even some October love for one of the, you know, either of the guys. We know Bellinger's going to be in October. Yelich, we'll see if he can get in there, if they can show out and, and just improve their stock a little bit more. We saw what Bueller did to his fantasy stock in the playoffs, even though, of course, it doesn't count for fantasy. It, he was just showing what he can be. Uh, all right, Justin, your second team pick number five is up. I think this is where you start having the opportunity to make a lot of arguments for a lot of different players mm-hmm. at pick five. Uh, and I've kind of agonized with who I would go with at this spot. Uh, but, man, Trevor Story playing in Colorado and getting the home runs, getting the stolen bases, and then repeating the average from last year. I mean, hit, hitting yeah. 296, it, you know, is a big deal. Uh, I'm. I think Story is going to be my number five player if I'm not looking at a pitcher this early. Yeah, I I really do like that. I think he and another position mate are probably the the two here that I'm looking at most. And uh, I don't think I'm ready to go pitcher with my second team, so I am going to take the aforementioned position mate. That'd be Francisco Lindor. So um, I love. The way he's come back, I, you know, obviously he started the season on the IL for Lindor. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, I believe, when he came back. But he's he's been himself. And obviously, they've had a huge second half run. He's been a big part of it. 21 homers, 18 steals in just 108 games this year. 297 average. The average is back up after a couple of years in the 270s. Can't go wrong with Lindor. He's going to only be 26 next year. He's still in the midst of his prime. So between pitcher, for me, it was kind of pitcher or Lindor, I'm going to go with Lindor here for Team 2 for myself and, and take Francisco Lindor. So let's look at these three as a whole. I I think you might be right, Justin, by the way. You said it kind of opens up after four. I said three. I think Bellinger will be such a strong four that maybe those four are kind of locked off, and then we're going to start to see the most turnover or, or um, differences starting at five, where it could be Story, Lindor, Pitcher, uh, maybe someone gets aggressive with bets on the rebound, which I could totally see. Um, you know, maybe somebody believes in a particular first baseman who we'll get to. I don't want to spoil all the names, but I do think it'll start to really open up here. Vlad, with the two shortstops, do you, do you like these two at uh, five and six? And do you have them in any particular order between Story and Lindor? So, yeah, I have both of these guys on the top seven of my board. I think they're uh, they're, they're pretty easy calls um, just because you're getting the overall production in the standard Roto League. You're getting production in all five categories. Um, and the thing about Lindor, yeah, I mean, look what he's doing. This is considering the time that he missed in the beginning of the year. You mentioned his age. He's only 26. Um, he's just an all-around beast. I mean, there's a very good case uh, to even be made for him as, a you know, the three or four pick. So, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I would hem and haw myself over Lindor versus Story. Um, and so that's a very tough spot. Um, I do have somebody else in um, 
in that mix there that I think I would mm-hmm. probably go here. But my, my question before I make that pick, I just want to confirm, does Cody Bellinger, um, does he, will he give me first base eligibility next year? I'm seeing 67 at bats. Good question. I put both without thinking because he's qualified there this year. I don't know that he's played 67 enough. at bats. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, 23, 23 games. Beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, is it 23? Well, both have 20 starts anyway, even if it is 20 starts, because he has 19 right now. So, yes, Bellinger will have first base outfield again. So, uh, Team Two's working with a dual eligible Cody Bellinger. Awesome. So, in that case, with uh, with the seventh pick, this would actually change. If he was outfield only, and I had Acuna and Bellinger to start, I would probably pivot to another direct uh, in another direction. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But I think this is a brand new team. Remember, you're you're drafting for five separate teams. So. Oh, I thought this was I thought this was Acuna with Bellinger and oh, no, 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 no. Vlad three. This I, is Vlad yes, three. This, this, okay, this is okay. Your third team. Mm-hmm. That's very own team. Then either way, the pick doesn't change. It's going to be Mookie Betts, who's big. Okay. Basically having, uh, for him, a down season. But, yep. um, you know, the, the guy is uh, a- absolutely amazing. Obviously, the home runs are down a little bit. Um, even the steals, to be honest. But I would expect a nice big bounce back uh, year in 2020 and probably a pretty strong final six weeks here of the season. I agree with that. I think he's he's very much a consideration starting at five. I think Betts will have some, some overall... Um, Five picks, maybe even a four here and there in, in a given draft. Can't go wrong with Mookie Betts. Justin, your third team here is uh, kicking it off with who? Ooh, this is a, a difficult decision for me because I really – there's still a few hitters on the board that I really like, but I think I'm going to snag the first pitcher at number eight and grab Garrett Cole. Now, so you're going to make Eric Cole the number one pitcher. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Now, I mean, be for one. me, it'll be dependent on where he ends up. But uh, I don't think there is necessarily a truly that that bad of a location for him. Maybe, maybe New York it could hurt him a little bit if he ends up a Yankee. Uh, and I think that's one of the teams that will likely be in on him considering their pitching woes this year. But no doubt. Uh, he's just been so good, and he's still young. Uh, which is the one thing that Scherzer and, and Verlander aren't, and we've seen kind of the, the, the first kind of breaking down of Scherzer this year. So uh, Garrett Cole's going to jump up to my number one pitcher he- at this point heading into 2020, and I'll, I'll take him here for uh, pick eight. Yeah, I'm right there with you as far as as far as Cole being the number one, particularly if he stays in Houston. I'm really eager to see where he goes. I do think staying in Houston, he'll be a slam dunk number one pitcher for me. If not, uh, I'll, I'll be kind of. We'll, we'll see. It'll be it'll be like a wait like and see type no of thing. He stays in Houston. Why is that? Well, they just added a bunch of contract with Granky, right? Yeah, right. but it's Houston. They're not poor. They're all poor when they say they're poor. Well, they they make they make up when they're poor. I understand it would be an expensive trio with Verlander, Granky, and Cole, but um, you know, Granky and Verlander are old, so I, I would think that they would want uh, an. Established ace, ace going forward as those two age out, but may, maybe they won't. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he's locked to stay there, but plus we'd love him to stay there just because of how he's broken out with them. So I'd like to see Garrett Cole stay in Houston, but uh, I, I would not put them as like the overwhelming favorites to keep him, but I do think they have a perfectly good shot. With my team three, I will take the number one pitcher that I have on my board. If Cole goes somewhere I'm not comfortable with, that'd be Max Scherzer. The age is something that I think will 
bother people until draft comes. Like they'll talk about, oh, I don't know, I don't, and then push come to shove in a draft, particularly if he gets on the field soon and and finishes the season strong. I think people will get back on the Scherzer train. I think right now it's easy to kind of talk big about being nervous, but you know it's still an excellent season. Okay, so maybe he won't put up the 220 that he did last year, or, or you know, he's not going to continue his string of 200 inning seasons this year, and then maybe projections will have him for 185, 190 next year. That that's not going to keep him from being a top three pitcher, including perhaps the number one overall still. So I still love Max Scherzer, and uh, he's going to be the number one pick for Team Three. Vlad, before we get to Team Four for you. Cole and Scherzer, are those your top two pitchers? I, I saw Cole was your number one overall pitcher on your top uh, top 30 list, but where are you with uh, with Scherzer right now? I mean, he's, a, he's an easily a top three guy. I don't see any reason otherwise. Um, as a matter of fact, this little IL stint is literally the only thing keeping him from being the automatic number one, especially you look back to those dominant game logs um, pretty much you know right before he did hit the injured list. Uh, were it not for this IL stint, I think um, I don't think Cole would be the clear uh, number one for a lot of people. But he really is kind of in a batch with a top three with uh, with Justin Verlander. Verlander has just continued to get it done year after year. I don't see any reason why necessarily he would slow down next year. I mean, guys like him and Nelson Cruz, hey man, maybe they'll be doing this till they're fifty. Like we keep you know just waiting, like ah, let's drop him down a little bit, and then they do it again. So um, I think all three are viable uh, picks as your SB one. Yeah, and with Scherzer and Verlander, there's it's just so their stat profiles are so impeccable that yes, there is the age, but I mean that at some point that's just like an unnecessary worry. I feel like I feel like you don't have to to freak yourself out about it when they haven't really shown any reasons to. I know I know Scherzer's been a little bit nicked this year, but nothing that seems like it's going to linger and carry over for years to come. So I'm not really worried taking him here. Uh, and so we have Cole, Scherzer, pitchers off the board. Vlad, your fourth team here, the number 10 pick, who are they starting off with? You know what? Um, this is going to be um, Freddie, MF, and Freeman. There it's, it is. Uh, that's the pick, man. He's just an absolute beast. I mean, anybody playing DFS, um, you know, you just pretty much just lock in Freddie as your first baseman. It doesn't matter how much he is. You pretty much know there's a righty on the mound or he's at home. He's probably going to homer. Um, he's having a uh, tremendous season. Currently the uh, number seven player overall in uh, in baseball. Just, you know, looking at uh, player raiders and fantasy That's stats. amazing. Yeah, only thing you're not getting is, uh, you know, you're not really getting many steals, which I think is definitely something to consider in the first round. But you know you're always going to get a um, a solid, such a solid contact hitter. You're always getting that average over 300. And I do think he has a batting average uh, winning season in him as well. I so, agree. Freddie Freeman. Yep, there, there is that potential. Nobody would bat an eye on a Freddie Freeman 340 season. You know, that, that, that some year if he goes like, if it's the next year, you know, 340, 4120. Again, literally nobody's going to bat a nine. Probably come with 110 runs scored as well as that offense continues to develop. So Freeman is definitely somebody I have uh, in this range here. You took him at 10. I think he's 11 on my board right now. So I have no issues with that. Justin, your next your next team, team four, uh, who are they starting off with here? Hmm. Well, I was hoping Freddie Freeman would slip one more spot to me, but uh, I'll take a consolation prize in Anthony Rendon. Uh, just been absolutely fantastic this year. I think he's like the number seventh player or, oh, number ninth player on the uh, the Rasball player Raider 
for 15-team leagues. Uh, free agent, which could worry me a little bit, but I, I assume he's going to end up with a pretty good team. Uh, so, and ho- hopefully he, he will actually sign, uh, somewhere. So, uh, if, if, if you could pick the team, what, where would you pick for, for Rendon? If you, if you could just keep him in Washington or put him on a new squad, what, what would be that pick? Do you have any off, off the top of your head? I think there is a pretty reasonable chance that he stays in, uh, in Washington. I feel uh, like that too, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was hinting at by saying, you know, how much, how good would you feel if he just stayed? If Rendon just stayed in Washington, would that be, would that firm him up on your board, uh, or would, you know, would you have any reaction to that one way or another as far as where you're drafting Rendon? I, I don't think it changes my rank of him at all. I, I think there is like a ninety-five percent chance that he stays in the. Uh, a, or the NL East, okay. but I think Philadelphia and the Braves could get involved in this. That'd so. be really that'd be really interesting if you just went to one of those other teams, similar to Harper, of course, stays so, in the division but moves and, and and kind of moving to you know a little bit better parks in terms yeah. of uh, being you know the park factors would be really interesting for him. He'd still probably stick around seven, eight, nine for me. Uh, but uh, they think uh, he's a stud wherever he goes. I'm not. I'm not going to worry too much about him. Yeah, I feel that same way about Rendon. Vlad with Anthony Rendon going on the on the free agent market. Uh, same question to you. Would you prefer he stay in Washington, or, or, or what would be your lean if you could if you could place Rendon wherever you wanted? Oh man, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, I would love to see him go to the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put him back at second. Didn't he mess around to some second base? I know he that did. they. You know, uh, messed around with with McMahon and everything, but uh, let, yeah, let's get Rendon and Nolan Arenado in the same lineup there. I'm I'm with that all day. Yep, that would be fantastic. I mean, obviously, it's a you know not realistic, but uh, yeah, that'd be a absolute best. I, I wonder. I mean, where would he go? Would he be a uh, easy top five pick there in Colorado? Would he go ahead of Story? Oh man, I think I I think I'd still take Story because I believe Story's going to run. Yeah. I think that would be the, the the tiebreaker between those two and this amazing theoretical, but um, I think I would bump him to six, so that would still be a I would obviously be a move up of about five or six picks for where I have Rendon on my board. So let's get that done. Listen, you, we say it's unrealistic, but Colorado a loves block, blocking young talent. It's their favorite thing to do. Uh, so this would accomplish that. And B signing older guys so this is like the perfect he is gonna be 30 he's not old but he is an older guy so this is the two for here they can overpay for somebody they do not need even though he's good and uh and block off a 24 year old ryan mcmahon i'm actually now on board with this they are gonna sign rendon aren't they oh wow this is great good job vlad you 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 uh you want to have a secret here this is gonna be the angels haven't blown a bunch of money in a while true true um i think this would actually be you know they're they're so afraid to go back into the hundred million dollar market uh with you know a late 20s early 30s type of guy which i understand i don't uh i i don't think they will with rendon but i think it would at least work out a little bit better but uh and let me get my my fourth pick in here it's going to be his teammate for now trey turner uh, bumping him up a little bit. Obviously, he hasn't necessarily performed as a first rounder this year, but you look at what he's done in the 84 games that he's played, 
And uh, Trey Turner's still an absolute study. Still an easy first rounder for me. Even the last year's down year, and I put that in extreme quotes, uh, he was still fantastic. 19 homers, 43 steals, 103 runs, only hit 271. This year's up to 295, 13 homers, 26 steals, again, in 87 games. So, you know, stop bunting. Never bunt, Trey. You should have known. It's an easy rule, but uh, he's still an absolute monster, and I don't really see any way I I can let him go as far as the first round goes. So I'm going to go ahead and take Trey Turner at 12. What do you guys think? It's great. Um, I have him top 20 on my board. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really, really of the mindset this year, especially after writing my last article that, um, you know, because we have guys, you know, that were, we were picking up this year off of waivers and in the 20th rounds, like all these Hunter Renfro's, Fernando Reyes's, Jorge Soler's, like, you know, obviously something's up with the baseball and, you know, if, if 30 home runs is the new 20, then, you know, and, and steals are going down, you got to get those steals. So somebody like Trey Turner, who won't necessarily hurt you in the other categories, can even contribute to average. Somebody like that really needs to be pushed up. So even though I have him closer to 18, I have no problem with him as a uh, number 12 here. Yeah, I think he'll be in this in this range here and could could fall as, as low as 18, depending on how the pitching gets pushed up or where some people are on the next guys that we're going to take. But yeah, I think this is kind of his high end and I have no problem with Trey Turner here. Vlad, your team five pick here, 13th pick overall, who you got? So there's a hitter I absolutely love who I would take um, in a heartbeat, but you guys or this collection of teams has left the best pitcher in baseball off, uh, on the board. And that is uh, your boy, Justin Verlander. Yeah. And, and he really is. I mean, he leads the league in strikeouts. Uh, nobody has a better whip, um, you know, even ERA better than Garrett Cole's. Um, so, you know, what's, why wouldn't he do it again one more time this year? So at this point he's fallen this far, Justin Verlander, an easy pick there at number uh, uh, 13. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. Justin, let's talk a little bit about Verlander. He's going to be 37 next year, which is definitely going to scare the fantasy community. We know how they are with their, with their age of phobia. Is Verlander still an easy first rounder for you? I mean, because outside of the age, the numbers couldn't be better. Well, I mean, the numbers could be better, but uh, he, he's given up a lot more home runs this season, uh, which is a tad bit concerning. But The, the most in the AL, if, if you didn't yeah. know, 33 homers. So that's a bit concerning. I think he struggled with the bouncy ball, and he, he's made that uh, pretty clear. He's also given up a, a lot of hard contact uh, this year, uh, the most in his career. So uh, I think there are... There maybe are these tiny little red flags, not enough to knock him down mm-hmm. very far, but I don't have him as one of my top three pitchers. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe you'll get to that pitcher here soon. So I will, uh, that I'm trying to think, let me look at my board really quickly. And okay. I think I might know who it is. Is he, uh, is he on your neck of the woods out West? He is out west. So. Okay, okay. Then I think I might know. Well, we can get into your next pick here. Vlad uh, gave us the Verlander pick for his team five. He won't pick here for a moment because then we're going to snake after uh, after with my pick here. So you and I have two picks each coming up. So who's your fifth team pick? Well, and I mean, Vlad uh, Vlad said uh, that you know Verlander has been the best pitcher in baseball, but the guy I think has a real chance to be the best pitcher in baseball and he's he's coming back to the mic as we as I say this and I think he'll like this uh 
I'm I'm picking Walker Bueller as my NL Cy Young next year. So all right, I'm gonna take him uh, for. I just love everything that that Bueller does, and uh, I, I'm really afraid that you're gonna snipe him right here with with a turn <laughs> pick. So I'm just gonna kind of jump in front of you, take Walker Bueller at pick 14, and be t- totally totally excited that I don't have to worry about taking a pitcher for Justin Team Five uh, for a little while. No, you did the right thing because there there's no way. There's absolutely no way he was getting back there. Team 15 here, uh, Paul number five, would have definitely gotten Walker Buehler. So you made the right move there. Uh, Vlad, you are indeed a Dodgers fan. Buehler's your guy. Talk to us about watching Buehler every fifth day as, you know, having him as on your, your favorite team's ace. So I will say that one of the things I really make sure to do is to separate my fandom, um, you know, from my fantasy. I think it's a big mistake that people yep. make. Uh, oh, I got to draft my running back, my starting pitcher. But, um, you know, it, so I feel like I'm a little harder on my Dodger players. Obviously, this year, that's a little harder to do because, um, you know, everyone's mashing. Um, I remember, you know, Will Smith, um, when he first came up that second hey, day. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Don't talk about picks that I'm going to make here. Uh, <laughs> like, don't, don't sign my picks. That's Etiquette, good, huh? bro. I thought you were uh, like a fantasy expert, dude. Come on. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take <laughs> – but, uh, yeah, Will Smith, uh, I think he just hit five more homers while we were doing this. It's, all, it's 11 in the morning, but he's hitting homers somewhere. Well, what I was saying is he was always a good defensive uh, player in the minor leagues. No one saw this coming. I, yeah. For whatever reason, I, I, you know, after the second game, I saw him in the uniform. I'm like, you know what? Barnes is done. This guy's going to be on the playoff roster, but I didn't think it was to this effect. It's it, it's been pretty amazing. So it's been unreal. Yeah. So with Bueller, I did tweet the other day that I believe he's going to be next year. Won't go as the number one pitcher in baseball, but he'll end the year twenty twenty as the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, he's you guys are in lockstep there. I think yeah, Justin's good. Making the same sort of claim there that that he won't necessarily take him there or or feel like he has to take him there, but that's who he's going to pick as kind of his his rise up. Uh, player with Bueller, it, it was a small thing, and you know, it, maybe it's a narrative thing that I let lean too heavily. But I swear, I, I just was so impressed by him in the bad playoff start that they still let him get three perfect innings after the five run inning because it's so easy to take the young pitcher out when he's struggling like that, when he's walking the pitcher, and he gave up those five runs in the second inning. It's so easy to just pull him and, and try to get eight, uh, seven innings out of the bullpen there. Whatever the conversation was between he and Dave Roberts, he went out there. He got three more perfect innings. They didn't get a single runner after that with four strikeouts. And that did a lot, just a small thing that really did a lot for my belief in, in Walker Buehler. And I believe that was around when I was talking about the uh, the playoff tax that was going to strike him coming into the 2019 drafts as it did in Walker Buehler's an absolute monster. There's going to be, I, Vlad, I think you can speak to this better than even Justin and I as, as we're relative noobs in the NFBC. Uh, am I wrong to believe that there's going to be some drafts where Buehler is the number one pitcher taken, say around pick eight or nine? Are there not going to be some main events where that happens? Uh, yeah, I would. I could see that. I think every year, what you're, what what happens is 
the pitchers start off kind of slow. And by the time you're getting to the live events in Vegas yes. and New York and that those final couple of weeks, guys just want to get their guy. You know, if they someone has the nine pick and they want Walker Bueller, they're going to get him. So um, maybe a little bit less on the East Coast. Um, those people will have a little bit a little bit more lean to, you know, to the East Coast pitchers. Somebody will sure. take Aaron Judge in the first round again or something like that. But, yeah, for the most part, um, these guys will start to creep up as we get later into March. Yeah, it really will. Now, Justin, you left me with a difficult situation here because these next two picks are for the same team, uh, Paul, Team 5. And so it's wide open. I, I'm seriously looking at my next six, seven guys here, and I could take any two of them, and I don't think you guys would be like, what the hell's going on here? But I'll start with the uh, with the, with the the stalwart and, and take Nolan Arenado at 15, which really speaks to the depth of the of the first round right now, that no, Nolan Arenado's going 15, and I'm not really batting an eye about it with everything else that we've done here with the first 14 picks. Uh, obviously, he doesn't run at all, and so that, that hampers him a little. Uh, but he still plays in Colorado. I still have no reason to believe that he's going to be anything but a a force offensively, uh, even as you know his numbers are a bit down. I, I put that again in extreme quotes because 31 homers, 96 ribbies, 81 runs, 302 average. Everything still looks great, but is it? His WRC plus has dipped a little bit because uh, the league has risen up and he's actually come back to the pack a little bit from what from what Arenado did the last three years. But he'll be the first pick there for uh, for team 15 and he'll pair him up with. Oh, man, I really don't know. I'll just make it easy here. I'm going to go with two just kind of run of the mill studs. This is going to be the, the elbow just picking two guys that are both. Really solid, nothing flashy. Alex Bregman will be the other pick here. Uh, I think Bregman's kind of being overlooked in what he's doing this year. There's so many breakouts and rise-ups and all this um, that he's just kind of ho-hum, trotting along here, going to set new records for him in uh, pretty much every category, it seems, except for batting average. Batting average is a little bit down, although he could surge uh, and make that 277 surpass last year's 286. But he has 30 homers. He's one shy of last year's total. He's 20 ribbies short with 83. He's uh, only 11 runs short with 94. So Alex Bregman, going to be age 26 next year, playing for Houston. Kind of ho-hum, but I think an Arenado Bregman start for a team is pretty nice at 15. What do you guys think, Vlad? Start with you. Uh, fantastic pick. I mean, I have him in my, uh, my top 18 as well. Um, you know, just part of this mammoth offense, I think, you know, his teammate Jose Altuve, although, you know, he's still hitting for average, he's getting older and has had some issues this year health wise. Um, Altuve just isn't stealing bases like he used to. And so that obviously affects his overall value. Um, you know, Bregman, he's still young. I think he's still getting better. And so I think next season is very likely that we see a uh, a monster breakout for him. I think, you know, it could be the year where you finally see him hit 40 homers, uh, you know, could or, still 15. Is there is there a 300 plus average here for Bregman? Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I, I, much I, easier. I think so, too. And I think that that's that's something that could fuel a breakout would be a big batting average surge for him. There's two guys I heavily considered. So as you guys pick them, if you pick them before my next, uh, I'll let you guys know who they were. Justin, what, what do you think of an Arenado Bregman elbow for Team 15? Well, don't forget, too, that uh, he's regained back. <clears throat> he's regained back uh, shortstop eligibility. That's right. So he has so 3B. He's, he's going to be 3B uh, and Bregman. shortstop, which prefer him to play him at third base considering the lack of depth uh, there as opposed to shortstop, but it's always nice to have that flexibility, uh, especially when you're dealing with, you know, seven-man benches and no uh, and no IL in, in the NFC. Can you speak to that at all? 
what 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 experience do you really have about uh, yeah. a tight a yeah. tight uh, reserve? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. was, I was gonna say, you know, one of these teams obviously needs to push up injured players. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to pick one of your Justin mm-hmm. teams to do that. Um, yeah, even the first base outfield of Bellinger, while not something that where you feel like you need flexibility, it's always great to have, and you will find yourself using it at points in the season that allow you to get the free agent du jour because you can move all these guys around and it's always super valuable. So yeah, third base and shortstop for Bregman is nice. Justin, your fifth team took Walker Buehler to start at pick 17. Who are they going to pair with him? I'm really torn between two players, especially because I've got Vlad's top 30 list in front of me. Um, but I won't snipe him just to snipe him. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Juan Soto here. Uh, yes. And one of my, my heavy considerations there for my, yeah, uh, for my not, last two picks. I mean, not only has he grown upon last year's numbers, uh, he's also added a speed component that I didn't think he really necessarily had. Uh, Nobody did, right? I mean, this these sneak tip steals have been nice for Soto. We must have got our, twelve. And our, our grades had him as a forty-five speed. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's not all about uh, the, mm-hmm. smarts. Can get you a long way on the bases. I just yep. asked what Chase Utley did for years. Even Beltron in his years, as he slowed down, he was still Albert an excellent base, base the other night. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to think. I didn't realize that, but yeah, 12 for 13 for Soto. He's still just going to be 21 next year. He's insane, dude. Yeah. So Soto's magical, just absolutely incredible player. I mean, you know, a lefty who crushes left-handed pitching, um, does it all really, um, you know, just a fantastic player. Him and Rendon there for, for several more years, I think would be, uh, really nice. You know, they, they still have solid starting pitching, um, you know, losing Harper really didn't, uh, didn't, didn't drop them off all that much. No. It, it, it really didn't. That's not even to, to shade Harper so much as it is to point out the, the kind of talent that they had well, and Robles play Victor Robles. So. Yeah. Victor yeah. Robles hasn't fully come through and yet uh, you know he, there's still more to his game I think I, you know um, Adam Eaton's been been solid I, I know he's surging of late and so they really do have a strong offense and Turner at the top if Rendon does stay he and Soto they could really push a 120 run se- season for Turner at some point uh, if he can stay healthy for all of it too so love that pick Vlad you have your fifth p- team coming up they have Verlander right now who are they going to take for their second pick Oh man, this is a uh, a very 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 tough spot. Um, you know, obviously we're not going with a pitcher here. Also, neither do I think there is a a good pitcher. I think there's going to be a big drop off after these uh, these first five um, starting pitchers, ending with Bueller that we have there. Um, I think there's several candidates. I mean, I think a couple of guys on Boston are uh, definitely in the mix. There are more Houston Astros in the mix. Um, I'm honestly, and and I don't want to you know, kind of lose my etiquette here and mention two players, but no, honestly, it's, it's all right. I'm debating between Jose Ramirez and Fernando Tatis. And, so, um, you, you name the other guy that I had heavy consideration <laughs> with Bregman. It was Soto and Ramirez and between Bregman, Soto, Ramirez, it was really difficult to land on one and even throw Arenado in there between those four to pick the two at the elbow was really difficult. I almost went with baby Soto and, and, you know, uh, back on his grind, Ramirez. I almost went completely the other way. I went with the two stalwart, steady guys this year, but I think all four are heavy considerations. So between Ramirez, who's surged back up and been excellent, and and Tatis, who's dealing with this injury, but I don't think it's anything that's going to carry over into next year. So I'm not as concerned about that. Which way are you going to go here? 
I think it's going to have to be uh, the guy that has done it before for several years, um, you know, Jose Ramirez. Um, I understand at this point it feels as though he's a little bit of a, a batting average liability, um, you know, previous to the All-Star break, that sort of 365-day period, that, you know, year-long period. I mean, he struggled severely, uh, had an issue hitting breaking balls, and he had an issue hitting fastballs there for a while. But at the end of the day, he is among the league leaders in stolen bases. The power is back. Um, he's still young. I mean, he hasn't even hit that age 27 prime and every year he's producing, he's, uh, you know, uh, one of the few guys you could almost count on to get you a 30, 30 season. Um, and so, although there's a lot to love about Tatis, um, I think had it not been for this injury, Tatis would be creeping into the first round easily and he may still end up being a great bargain. But at this point, I'm going to go with, uh, with Jose Ramirez. Yeah. I agree with you in lockstep on all of that. Justin and I were talking about Tatis the other day and, and his first-round potential. He got hurt shortly after. I don't know that it's going to completely curb his first-round potential, though, because, again, I don't think the injury is going to be something that necessarily uh, you know, carries over into next year and causes a big issue. I do think he's going to have his drafts going to what you said earlier about how the late drafts get a little bit froggier where people want to get their guy. I think those are the ones that Tatis will sneak into some first round action, but uh, definitely like where you're going here with Ramirez. He's been excellent. I want to ask you, Justin, do you think Ramirez is going to have some first round uh, picks here as far as the main event goes when we add up all the, uh, all the ADPs? Yeah, I think he'll probably be, pretty often taken on that turn that 15 16 turn so i think some people are going to be really worried about how he started the season and other people are going to be encouraged with the fact that he rebounded strongly so mm -hmm. i think he's going to be one of those players uh that are argued about pretty constantly throughout the preseason uh but i think there's going to be a team in every league that really considers him in the first round yep i i, I agree with all that and i do think that that's how it's going to play out where he's going to where Jose Ramirez is going to live and say that 13 to 20 range depending on on the draft and if you get him all the way down at 20 I mean that that would be a boon for sure we move on to my next pick here uh this is the Trey Turner pick and so you know the aforementioned Tatis is very close on my board but already having a shortstop makes it difficult to to want to take a second one here and just instantly throw him into the middle by the way does trey turner have any outfield eligibility this year i don't think he's played no. there no yeah, he's just a straight up shortstop okay he hadn't played outfield in a while actually i thought he played some last year but i was definitely wrong about that uh all right so then i'm going to go back to the to the veteran route here and you did mention vlad that he's stealing less but seemingly hitting a home run every other day lately uh is jose altuve so i'm going to make this team really strong up the middle and pair altuve with uh with turner and that also means that I don't need Altuve to really steal as much as I would uh, if he didn't have such a good base stealer like Turner to pair with. So that's going to be a Turner-Altuve start. Well, I'll start with you. With Altuve, obviously the steals are, have been gone this year. They really took a dip last year, too. Are we done with, with Jose Altuve as a bankable 20-plus stolen base entity going into his age 30 season? It's. I mean, it seems like that's the case, right? I mean, just you know, based on on this season, um, he obviously has, he's dealt with some some injuries. You could always see him go back and uh, get to running next year. But with a team like this, I mean, you just always have guys that are you know driving men in, and it's just the most lethal lineup in baseball. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, more so than the Dodgers, more so than the Red Sox, the Yankees. I mean, this Yankees, this offense yeah. is incredible. So, um, you know. 
he's just one of those guys in the top 30 is going to be a good pick no matter what. And it's really all about staying healthy. As long as he's healthy, you know, I don't, I don't really see any reason why he's going to, to dip down anywhere. And, and, and remember, this was, you know, literally the best hitter, the guy with the most hits in baseball for like, you know, a good four or five year stretch. So yep. Jose Altuve is still a stud. Agreed. All right, Justin. Well, hold on, hold on. Before, oh, go ahead. Before you move on yeah. from that, who do you think leads thought. the Astros in stolen bases this year? Miles um, Straw? I'm kidding. Uh, no, you're he's close. Still, he's, he's second. Yeah. Really? Well, I was going to say like Tony Kemp, but uh, Jake Marisnik. Marisnik. Wow. How many does he have? Twelve. He has, he has ten. Ten. None of their wow. none of their everyday players has more than five stolen bases. This is not a team that runs anymore. Yeah. And I think they. I think it goes to Vlad's point, though. They don't have to. If I'm going to get you in, even when you're on first, then just chill on first, and I'll get you in. Um, and so, you know, the crazy thing is, guys, they've done all this with uh, only 56 games from Jordan Alvarez and not a single game from Kyle Tucker, who, by the way, is a steals guy and, and could come up and, and still be that dynamic fantasy asset, but for some reason has languished the entire year in AAA this year. They're, they're a Josh there. Reddick. Uh, that, literally, that's literally rotting think. on every single one of my team. Like I just Same. at some point I'm like, I can't drop him this week. I can't drop I know. him this week. I, I've been so reluctant to cut him, and obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, but should have uh, months ago. But just feel like he's going to come up at any moment and could be, you know, different different makeup. But but as electric as as Alvarez has been with his come up. Um, again, it would be more of like a steel power component for Kyle Tucker, but I feel like he could hit the ground running. And I don't understand why Redick is still playing over him. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it's very, very frustrating. But I won't uh, belabor that point. Justin, Jose, Jose Altuve has as many steals as Yasmini Grundahl. That's insane, dude. There you go. That's insane. You know, I always talk about like uh, MLB The Show and stuff. The one thing about Yasmini Grandal, he can rake. He has like a three speed out of a, out of 99. And so the fact that he has the same amount of steals as Altuve is crazy. I don't even know. How does he have five steals? I think is more impressive than, than Altuve's <laughs> lack of steals. But uh, you have Anthony Rendon for team four with pick 20. Who are they going to get to go with him? Who? Um, yeah, I, I didn't think about the fact that uh, I was putting together a team here when I made my last pick. And I probably should have, or my last few picks. Because uh, now I don't really want to take who I th- probably would take if we were just picking straight guys off of the board uh, for Team 4. So I'm going to go a different direction and kind of look down my list and pair Rendon with... Eh, screw it. I'll take Fernando Tatis. Okay. Good so one. Tatis Jr. Yeah, going. I agree with it. I like it. Um, I think there is going to be a little bit of a discount. But I do think that, again, as we get deeper in a draft season and like once he's back and and uh in spring training showing how good he is people are going to get re-enamored with him he's never going to fall too far i i think about the furthest that i could see tatis really falling in drafts is about pick 25 or so but then he'll slowly start to creep up i can't wait to see where he goes in the two early mocks that justin will be running and then of course out of the arizona folly when we do some drafts in, in just a couple months here, I want to see where Tatis Jr. goes there. But I like it. A Rendon Tatis Jr., I'd be so geeked to start a team like that. 
And we're really showing the richness of these first two rounds. What I am questioning now at this point, and, and Vlad kind of hinted at it, is where the next pitcher is going to go. Because the next one on Vlad's board was Chris Sale, which, of course, has changed since he's written that piece because of the health of Chris Sale. So I don't know if you're already ready to consider a pitcher here with your uh, team four who has Freddie Freeman. But I am eager to see where that next one goes and who it is. Pick 21 with Freddie Freeman. Vlad, who you got? Man, so I know um, you're teasing for the Degrom pick, and I think I, I, um, I wasn't. I, I, I honestly wasn't. I was just saying well, I wonder where he's going to go. It would make sense. It makes a lot of sense. He is um, kind of rounding out that top five um, with uh, Cole Verlander, Bueller, and Scherzer. Um, you know, just clearly a top five. Um, very little drop off from last year's um, amazing season. Um, but I think I'm going to go with um, Jordan Alvarez here. I think the like power it. potential is is incredible. I do think he's going to be. You know, somebody picked in the top 20 this year, um, depending on how he finishes the year, could even be a, uh, you know, borderline at the turn first round pick. And I think 50 homers is in the cards and uh, he's just in a great position on a fantastic team. Um, you know, left handed masher, um, you know, smashes both sides of the plate or, or both types of pitchers. So um, Jordan, it is. He's obscene. I mean, he's he's absolutely obscene what what he's been doing this year. You add up what he's done in the minors. That's 42 homers. In uh, and like, what is he? He hasn't even played that many games like 112 games, 42 homers between the two leagues. Obviously, the bouncy ball, uh, he loves it, but this power's real too. This, I'm not even trying to just this is because of the bouncy ball, it's aided by it, but the power's real. Justin, where are you on, on Jordan Alvarez for next year? Vlad just took him at 21. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I probably should have taken him over Tatis, uh, especially with the back issues of Tatis, but I wanted to add in a little bit of speed. Uh, so that's why I went uh, went with uh, Tatis over uh, Alvarez, but I think Vlad's right. I think this is a guy that we're going to be talking about likely going in the first round in a lot of drafts next year. I think he's going to get really pushed up, uh, especially if people are afraid of the back of Tatis. They'll, they'll need that, uh, that young player to kind of rally around, and I think uh, Alvarez is going to be the guy. Yeah, I'm – this is another one I can't wait to see what his price is, and uh, particularly in the two early mocks, which are multiple drafts going at once. Um, I do think he's going to be a, a you know very high pick. He's awesome. Uh, we've seen Jordan Alvarez just tear the cover off the ball, and you know there's going to be some drafts where he falls, and I'm going to be you know doing some mocks where I'm purposely not going to take him to see where the room takes him. I, I want I want to lay back and kind of see where he goes and not just take him exactly at the moment that I'm ready, which is about here where Vlad took him. So I like that a Freeman again. I'm gushing over these duos that we're putting together, but if you tell me I'm coming out of the first two rounds with Freeman Alvarez, that's insane yep. with probably a pitcher at uh, at at 37 later on here um or at 40 I guess the pick would be. But anyway, my team is up now. And it's the Max Scherzer team, so I am going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. And I'm a little bit conflicted here uh, because I do think there's a couple Red Sox and then a, a speedster who hasn't played for a little while that I could consider here. And I'm looking at it, you know, Devers has kind of that sneaky speed similar to Soto, except not as bankable because he's 8 for 16 on the bases, whereas Soto was 12 for 13. So... I love the breakout. I believe in it for Devers, but I'm actually going to go with Alberto Mondesi here, despite the uh, the fact that he hasn't played for a little bit. I think he's still going to be a top two round pick. He's an absolute beast. Uh, 
31 for 35 on the bases this year. He did continue to steal at an amazing rate. He's only played 82 games, but that gives us the super easy ability to kind of just double up his numbers to get an idea of where it might have been if he had played all year. We know the dangers in that, but just for the sake of, of doing it, 14 homers, 62 steals, 104 ribbies. He was driving in guys like crazy. That's the number I, I believe in the least of those double ups. Uh, and it would be 96 runs, by the way, uh, for for Alberto Mondesi. But that's what I'm going to go ahead and take. I know the shoulder injury uh, is annoying and really derailed a, a big breakout season. He does still have a sub-300 OBP, and yet it hasn't prevented him from being an elite fantasy asset. So I still think at, at age 24, there's some growth potential too. So I'm going to pair Mondesi with Max Scherzer here. Vlad, I'll start with you. What do you think of Mondesi after this season, and where were you on him coming into the year? Were you were you open to taking him in that high second-round uh, ADP that he had? Uh, I, I was where he was a value, where he was falling in the third. And as a matter of fact, at the, um, the FSTA, uh, draft that we did in person, um, in January earlier this year, he ended up falling to uh, Charlie Weegard and I in the fourth round, which uh, ended up, you know, obviously very fru- fruitful to us in the beginning. Oh, it was, uh, you know, it was a league full of folks where a lot of, you had a lot of anti Mondesi people in that draft. Sure. And it just ended up uh, falling to us. We're like, hey, we'll take it. We got a bunch of crap for it too on Twitter. Um, for for you know, oh, you took Turner in the in the second. Why would you take Mondesi? Um, so ended up obviously working out nicely in the beginning. But it's very clear, you know. I I tweeted the other day how Malik Smith is leading um, the majors in steals and how that's who I thought was going to lead the league in steals. That's only. Uh, because Mondesi is hurt right now. He would be exactly. running away with it. We would be talking about him as a first rounder. I don't see any way around it. So um, he didn't make my first 30 cut. And I think it's just because I had some guys that weren't qualified on there, you know, probably should have done a little d- deeper, but he's quite clearly a top 30 pick and possibly even higher. Justin, um, you had your concerns. We, we discussed them at length. They were understandable. Um, you know, we, we actually shared concerns. I'm not putting it on you like, oh, you were the only one. But um, it was that sort of like, well, what can happen if it doesn't go right? And I was worried about where the inflation was going, even though I loved what Mondesi was doing, that big second half that he had. He's panned out uh, outside of the health, which you can't really predict for. So I'm, I want to judge it solely off of the performance here. But he does have a 294 OBP, so you did see some of the concerns come through in terms of the performance, but it didn't prevent his fantasy performance. Have you altered your your stance on Mondesi, and I guess where are you looking at Mondesi going into 2020? I really need to see what he does, or if he does anything the rest of the way, so... Uh, he's, he's, he's scheduled to do oh, what, three to five innings yesterday. So I don't know if he did them or not. Uh, I haven't, uh, checked. So if, if he comes back in September and he's the guy we saw in the first two months of the season, then I think I'm going to eat a lot of crow and, uh, and probably be in on him more than I, I am right now. Right now, I think of him as Billy Hamilton-esque. Uh, with you know, obviously a little bit more power, uh, but the same kind of detriment to your your potential detriment to your average. And I, I know people are going to look at the the overall numbers and go, "Well, he's hitting like 260 for the year." Yeah, since June 1st, he's hitting 220, and his on base percentage is 225. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to vomit. I didn't realize it was that bad. 
So wow. Well, that's he's, he's pretty bad. He's got a 33.6% strikeout rate and a 0.9% walk rate in 113 so plate appearances. So It does suck that we got kind of an incomplete on Mondesi yeah. then because I really would have liked to see where that summer would have gone. Would he have adjusted back mm-hmm. or had the league really figure something out? Hopefully he gets back in September, can get some plate appearances in, and we can kind of see what's up, and maybe Mondesi will move down. Uh, I'm going to stick with the pick, obviously, here since I've already made it. But, uh, at you, worst, you do raise though, he's Billy point. Hamilton, and, Bill, and I was fine taking Billy Hamilton as like a top 45 he- pick. And I think he's, I think he's honestly five times the bill, uh, player Billy ever uh, is, or could be, or would be. And I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy swiped thirty-one bags in half a season. I mean, yeah. and, and honestly, like, you know, you're, you're looking at what I think someone calculated it uh, based on home run rates this season. Um, this guy Emmett Ruland, who's um, yes. actually running away with, um, you know, actually he's really up there in both uh, the online championship and the main event. He could score a lot of money this year. He's kind of calculated it to be. A steal is worth like 2.7 home runs. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Three X, which is insane. And you mentioned that he has 31 steals in half a season for Mondesi, Vlad. Uh, 32 in 75 games last year, less than half a season. So we look at these 157 together. You just add up these two kind of partial seasons of 18 and 19, and Mondesi has 21 homers and 63 steals despite a 299 OBP. So I do agree that he is better than Hamilton. I get the general point Justin's trying to make in saying that even with Hamilton-esque concerns, you would still take him as at least a top 45, if not something in this you know, 22 to uh, uh, to 40 range uh, ahead of that uh, that that dead end of the of the 45th, which is where we're going to stop this draft. Here's the one thing that I'm going to caution people with: is this is the last year of Ned Yost, so we don't know oh. what kind of manager they're going to bring in. Ned Yost has been a guy who pushes it on the base paths, believes in manufacturing runs. It's been a bad team that uh, that they they have you know allowed people to just kind of run wild we have no idea if that will continue next next season and in spite of you know great fantasy numbers over this last uh you know two seasons which have been you know two half seasons his wrc plus is 98 so he's been offensively a a league average player or just below league average player so he may not have the green light that we think he does coming into next season. We just don't know until we see who his manager is going to be. Until we see who the manager is. So I guess what we're already seeing here uh, as we set a 2020 market uh, on August 22nd is that Mondesi is once again going to be a hot topic. Because I feel like we could do another 10 minutes batting this around. But we will take it into Justin's Team 3 pick here, which already has Garrett Cole. Uh, which hitter are they going to get? Or are they going to surprise and go double pitcher? Uh, it will not be a surprise with a double pitcher. Uh, it will be Raphael Devers. Uh, I cannot believe he's still on the board. Uh, we that talked was the about, other consideration, by yeah, the way, with Mondesi. We talked about him uh, a few weeks ago, and I said, I, I believe in just about everything he's doing right now, and I believe there's even more power potential. I think this guy is potentially a 40-45 home run bat uh, with like a two ninety average next season. Uh, playing in one of the best lineups in baseball in a great park. It's yeah, it's he he is probably going to be underdrafted. I think he's going to go in the mid to late second round next year, and I'm going to have a lot of shares. I, I agree with that fully. Uh, so I want to get I want to get Vlad's thoughts because we did discuss Devers at length. Uh, Vlad, you had Devers at nine, yeah, on your top thirty, and you so you passed him a bunch here. Yep. Have you altered your thoughts, or were you just were you playing what I said earlier about? 
with Alvarez just waiting for the market to pick him so that you're not uh, unduly influencing him? What, where, where are you on Devers right now after ranking him nine in your original piece? Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, everything at this point is such a, you know, a, a snapshot in time. You, you know, as we go in, you know, the next few weeks into the season, still a lot of data points and things that'll change around. And and honestly, somebody like Devers is is can be anywhere between nine and twenty with no problem, right? So, um, I think it's just a little bit of these guys that are having those monster breakouts. It's sometimes hard to stomach, and it's maybe not always the best idea where a guy goes from 110 overall, where clearly he was, you know, not valued properly to all of a sudden a top 10 guy. So it's a tough, tough move to make. I think, you know, that Boston offense, like it could shift in, in, in any which way they have, you know, three or four bats that are, you know, top 15 bats really right now. Devers is the best, you know, is, is the best fantasy value on that team. He's the number six overall player behind Yelich, Acuna, Bellinger, Trout, and Verlander. Um, so, you know, he, he's amazing. So, you know, he, it's just the way that the draft fell. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's a great pick. He needed to be taken sooner than later. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, agonized between Mondesi and Devers there. Really big fan of what he's done. Believe in a lot of it. Agree with Justin that there could be even more with the power there. Uh, we'll see if those steals hold up. As I mentioned, he's eight for 16. Uh, he's tied for the lead in baseball as far as caught stealing. So it's not great there. They might tell him, hey, chill out. Uh, I know that the 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 dud season of last year where he was basically a league average hitter for Devers does linger in the back of people's heads. One of the things about that, though, is he self-admitted, you know, he was, he was out of shape. He wasn't where he needed to be physically. I don't think that was his true talent. I really think that's a 21-year-old finding his footing in the majors. So I will give it the credence that it that it deserves, but I'm not going to overly count that season. I really see an emerging stud here uh, with uh, Raphael Devers. I think at age 23, he's going to be a monster next year too. So good pick there, Justin. Vlad, uh, this next team, your team three has his teammate Mookie Betts. Who's he going to pair with him at pick 24? It's going to be a fallen value at this point, And that's, uh, that's Jacob DeGrom. And, uh, you know, winds are continuing to, um, to fluster owners. Uh, that dude can't Jacob catch DeGrom. a break. With the wins. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They're even good this year. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and he's just continuing, you know, top 10 in, um, you know, strikeout rate and ERA, just about what it, you know, not far from what it was last year. 2.6, one of the best in baseball. Um, he's fantastic. You know, there's really not much to like. Um, you know, it, it, you can make a case like. for him as the number one again, to be honest. You know, honestly, you really, really could. He was a first round pick this year. Um, he's you know, had a couple of bumps along the road, a rough start in Miami, I think. But outside of that, you, you take that away and he arguably has the best numbers in baseball this year. Yeah, I, I agree with all that on DeGrom. It's pretty straightforward. It's it's uh, almost a boring pick at this point, but there's nothing wrong with boring. Leads the National League in strikeouts with a buck 94. Uh, ERA skyrocketed all the way up from 170 to 261. What a bum. Uh, was he your next pitcher as well, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think yes. there was much question about that. It's a slam dunk. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure you can have a reasonable case for anybody else right now that doesn't involve some logistical pretzels that you don't need to twist yourself into, especially with sale falling by the wayside. Uh, all right. Well, then that's going to lead to my next pick here with Francisco Lindor, which actually eliminates – it would have been DeGrom for me here because my next two guys uh, – do have shortstop eligibility, and I'm not going to take them here with a shortstop already on the board. So I'm going to go with another guy. You know, this is kind of a boring pick, but boring picks boring picks matter too, guys. And J.D. Martinez is still an absolute monster. And getting him where you can now, 
uh, where where you're picking what pick 25 to go with Lindor. Again, I'll reiterate, I'm gushing over some of these duos that we're putting together. A Lindor Martinez start is going to be filthy, and so I don't have a whole lot to add to the fact that he's still just a beast. Yes, he's come down from the last two seasons. But his come down is still a 308, 384, 557, 28 homers, 75 ribbies, 78 runs. JD Martinez at age 32 next year will still be a beast. I have no problem taking him within this top 25. Uh, Justin, starting with you, JD Martinez, how do you feel about him uh, for 2020? Yeah, I don't have a problem with the pick. I think this is about the spot he's going to go. Uh, in the majority of leagues, I don't know that I would necessarily take him here. Uh, I think there's a, a number of guys who are still on the board who have uh, have the speed component, and I think okay. I'd much rather build my team that way, especially I'm with a, kind of the, the lack of speed uh, that's been shown this year. Let me give a name then, and and uh, you know go go ahead a little bit here on something just to see where you're at. Uh, if you were going to stay in the power realm and not go for a speed guy specifically, would you take Danny Martinez or Bryce Harper because he's still on the board here? And uh, he was a consideration as well outside of some of those speed guys that I, I think I know who you're talking about. But I was actually looking between Harper and J.D. at this point. Do you have a preference between those two? Ooh, that's going to be really close for me. I think I'm going to go Martinez. Better team around him. I believe he can hit for a better average. Harper may steal a few more bases. But I just think the the floor is safer, I guess. Yeah, I, it is. Maybe it is. not, Martinez though, is... with the uh, – uh, with the injury history, so sure, but for me it's well, clear. For me it's clear, JD Martinez. I mean, this the I batting average is too strong. So every single year, I mean, even going back to the Tigers, like every year since 2016, at least he's hit over 300. Um, you know, it's it, it's pretty amazing. Even that 330 season uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, batting average is one of those categories, especially now with people chasing power. And you know, maybe you do get that outlier. You know, who even says it would be an outlier? A 240 season from Peter Alonso, or you know, you grab a, you know some Max Kepler's. You have a bunch of homers, but then you're suffering in batting average. It's one of those categories people don't really focus on. And, you know, though you're not getting the steals, you're getting uh, some really solid average. Whereas Harper, you just don't know where he can end in a season anywhere between 230 to 320. Yep. I, I agree with that. And, and that's what, uh, eventually why I went ahead and took uh, J.D. Martinez there. Let's move along. Justin, your team too has Trevor Story and the 26th pick. Go ahead. Uh, so Trevor Story is kind of like one of those five category contributors. Uh, and I love to kind of pair those guys with another five-category contributor and a guy that seemingly is overlooked every season. Currently, currently he is the number 10 overall player on the Razzball Player Raider, and that's Starling Ooh, Marte. I knew it. Yeah, as soon as you said I, I knew right away he's, where you were he's going. He's my boy every year. We, I, I'm higher on him than the majority, if not the rest of the industry every season. Next season will be no different. Uh, I think he should probably be going in the top part of the second round, maybe even in the back part of the first round. He never will. He's kind of lost out in Pittsburgh. Uh, People forget about him. Uh, People are going to point at the injury history and the suspension and uh, as reasons to downgrade him. But uh, he's got, he's, while he's got red flags, it's not, the red flags aren't that much different than the guys going ahead of him. So, uh, 22 home runs already, 22 stolen bases already, hitting 289. Uh, dude's a stud. 
That's the excellent part there is the, the power and speed component. He really has added the pop last year with 20 homers and then 22 this year for Starling Marte to go with that speed and a quality batting average as well. He's 24th on my board, so I actually just kind of the way some of the teams worked out uh, leapfrogged him for Martinez in particular. Um, and even Mondesi, I could have maybe gone Scherzer, Marte. Definitely was considering him with each of my last two teams' picks. Vlad, you have Marte at 28. Is that where he still currently resides, or has he moved up or down at all? And uh, give us a few thoughts on Marte for next year. Or right Starling, away. Yeah, I got to specify because there yeah. are, there's another Marte who could be coming up soon. So Starling Marte is who we're discussing. Yeah, he's he's right around there. Um, you know, I unfortunately was a little uh, down on him. Nothing more than just some instinct. And I think I mentioned it on um, one of the early shows with you guys here on, on Sleeper of the Bust. And there really was no good justification for it. There were just some trends, um, you know, was was uh, stealing less. I thought he was getting, you know, obviously he's getting older. Um, and I don't know. I just wasn't on board. And he's obviously um, shown everything but. So, you know, very impressive season. He's an easy top 30 guy and just one of those guys that's going to get uh, um, passed upon uh, because of other sexy names in that area. So um, yep. I'm all for Marte in the top 30. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Good job there. Pick, good, good pick there, Justin. All right. Bellinger. Uh, is looking for a partner in crime here. And so you have the next pick, pick 27 for Vlad. Go ahead. Man, this is tough, but um, I'm going to have to go with uh, shortstop Xander Bogarts. For Xander Bogarts, there he is. The Red Sox. And uh, it's actually a tough choice. I think um, you can make a case for either him or Javi Baez. I'm not quite sure what eligibility he's going to get this year. Uh, next year, this year he's been second, third, and short. Um, both are currently top 25 players. Bogarts is actually a top 12 guy at the moment, and that's because I don't think anyone really saw this power coming. I mean, he's going to hit over 30 home runs this year, um, 100 plus runs and RBIs, and over 300 as safe of a third rounder as you can get. Um, and, and, you know, in late second, definitely no problem with it. So I think he fits in really well here. Get some nice average and just good all-around stats with Bellinger and Bogarts. Baez is uh, shortstop only next season. Oh, okay. That's that's good to know. Um, yeah, Bogarts is definitely one of my guys uh, that I, I've been waiting for the breakout here, and I've been consistent that that it was coming. So I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to backpad a little and say I did kind of see the uh, the power surge in the bat being there like I just I felt like we were still going to have an excellent Xander Bogart season we have it right here I still think there's a, a batting average title with the power at some point too like he could be that you know three 338 and and 33 homer type of guy something like that with a crazy runs in a RBI season as well and obviously this season is close to that right now it's only hitting uh, or I say only, but he's hitting 306. He's been great. Bogart's great pick. He was actually the highest guy on my board. Next up is the pair for Yelich. And um, let's go ahead and just get this pick off the board. It is the other Marte, Cattell Marte. Now, one of the things about him is that he is seen as like a power speed guy, but he doesn't really run. He hasn't run for a while. And it's weird because he has the speed. He absolutely could. I wouldn't draft him thinking like, hey, I might randomly get 20 steals, but you can draft him for the power, I believe, in, in the power breakout here. Uh, the batting average, 319. I think he can hold the strong batting average. And you could still get the speed randomly because he is 26. I think on a on a dime, on a whim, he could have a 20-plus steal season. But obviously, you can't bank on that. It's been more of like a – I think it'll be a double-digit contribution this year. But I like Cattell Marte, and I'm going to pair him with Yelich. I believe he has shortstop and outfield eligibility too, which I like. And second base. Wow. So no shortstop. It'll be outfield second base for Marte. 
Justin, what do you think of Marte for next year? I like it. I didn't think you were going to go that direction, but uh, I've been a big Marte fan for a long time. Uh, got burned when he when he didn't produce a few years ago. So, uh, but I ha- have a number of shares this year. One of those uh, guys that has pleasantly surprised on my team. So, I it, it feels a bit early for me, especially with some of the other guys that are on the board. But I don't have a problem with it. All right. Well, then let's get to your next pick for Trout. Who is Fishboy going to be paired with? Oh man, you got the best, you know, player in baseball who can play center field. So where else do you want to build a team but up the middle? Uh, I'm gonna take Javier Baez. There uh, it is. And just and and I'm, I was very very close to taking Whit Merrifield here, but I don't know what happened. Whit Merrifield's speed. It's uh, gone, dude. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm nervous about it coming back too. I, mean, I, won't, he, I won't lie. He's been caught eight times this year. I just I don't get it. Uh, and like I said, with Kansas City maybe or definitely changing managers, and that could mean changing uh, philosophies that could be really disastrous for Merrifield. So uh, I'll take Baez. He isn't stealing as much as he, he did last year, but uh, everything else has pretty much stayed the same. So uh, I think he is a kind of a, a perfect guy at shortstop in spite of the fact that he's losing all those eligibilities. Yeah, and you know he was the big like bust pick this year across the industry. Everyone was saying it's going to be a big fallback. He's fallen back, but it certainly hasn't been a bust. No. Like he, he, nobody has a problem. Lost, yeah. yeah, with the production that they're getting out of Javier Baez. Vlad, you're going to close out round two here, and then for round three, we're going to be a little bit more expedient here and kind of move through the picks uh, with brief commentary on them. But but finish off round two. Who does Acuna get paired with before you you get his third player? Uh, so this is tough, but I think just based on uh, rope, raw power alone and just the potential of what you can be building here, if you're if you're playing an NFBC with an overall component, um, pairing Acuna with Pete Alonso and his power potential, I think is an epic, epic first start. And I think it's a good reason yeah. why people are going to want to have that first team. pick. I mean, what did you say, Justin? I said good dynasty league team. I, I mean, it's going to be a nasty 2020 team, though, too. I do love the power like the overwhelming power with Acuna's speed. And if you spike a decent batting average out of uh, out of Alonzo too, it obviously can go a long way. But even if you don't, uh, Acuna should be able to cover some of his batting average deficiency. So I like the Alonzo pick there for sure. Now, kicking off round three, don't be a jerk and take my pick, please. What? Yeah, it, I know. I'm, I'm thinking. Just oh, sorry. Spot. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> well, you, you know what? I might be here, um, but it, it's going to be, I think, the, the only thing that makes sense if you um, have these two bats and just knowing you're not going to get another pick until no, round really. 60, you got to take a pitcher. I hate and you. And it's got to be my friend. Shane. You're a bad person. Beba. You're never on the show again. <laughs> That's what you you're, said last time. <laughs> you're done. You're done. I love it. He wasn't making it. it to you. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Marte was the last chance. It should have been Yelich, Bieber, and I do regret that uh, because I could have seriously gone Yelich, Bieber, Marte. So bad, bad pick by me there with Marte. Uh, just a little bit too early because I should have gotten Bieber for that uh, for that Yelich team. I know we're trying to be quick on these on these last this last round here, but I do love the Bieber pick. He was my next pitcher. Justin, was he your next pitcher off the board as well? Yeah, yeah, he was my next player off the board. I was. Uh, gonna take him with my Trout Baez uh, pairing. So, so Vlad, give us a few quick thoughts on Bieber before we move into Justin's final pick for the uh, Trout Baez duo. 
I mean, he's just, he's dominant. I mean, you know, all the things, all the hype um, in, in the preseason, uh, people were right on. And um, yes. he's just incredible. He, he goes really deep into games. He's really, really efficient. Uh, he has shored up any issues or most of the issues he's had against um, left-handed hitters. And even even if it hasn't been perfect, it's still, you know, produced a fantastic season. He's a, uh, he's been uh, pretty much a top five pitcher this year. And so, um, you know, I could, I could see him building on that and, and being even better last year. So as long as he stays healthy, he's a, he's a great pick there around the turn. Yeah. I love the development. I was just concerned. I wanted to see, can he not be Michael Pineda esque and actually show some more command versus the control. And he has, he's been awesome. So a uh, great pick there with Shane Bieber. All right. So it's uh it's Trout and Baez, and then who is this team finishing up their their draft with, Justin? Um, I'm going to take Bieber's teammate in Mike Clevenger. Clev dog, let's go. Uh, it just since since returning from injury, and I mean he lost a lot of time to injury. Uh, he's thrown 54 innings. He struck out 74 in that time. A 2.17 ERA. Wow. Yep. Just That's gross. He's, he's incredible. He's he's amazing. As long as he's healthy, no reason to think. Uh, as long as he finishes out the year healthy this year, uh, that he won't be for next season. Uh, I think he is probably going to go lower than this in most drafts, but he shouldn't. Yeah, I, I like it. I think Clevenger's a good pick here for sure and uh, gives that Trout-Baez duo their first pitcher. So well done there. With the Yelich-Marte duo, they need a pitcher. They should have Bieber, and that could be getting Marte for them right now. But instead, I'll take Steven Strasburg. He's just quietly dominating this year. Um, his ERA could stand to be a little bit lower but with the skills that he's shown, but I'm still happy with everything that, that he's been able to do. He's 15-5. and five. you got to love uh, the record. It's something Jacob deGrom probably cries himself to sleep about. 365 ERA, a little bit higher ERA, but I like the fact that the wins are kind of covering it. 191 strikeouts, 108 whip. You love the whip. Simple fact is, guys, for some of the disappointment that he's been because he hasn't turned into something that like Scherzer has, Strasburg's literally never been bad either. Even last year when he only threw 130 innings, 374 ERA, and 120 whip, yeah, that wasn't exactly what you paid for, but it certainly wasn't bad either. So I think Strasburg is the next pitcher off the board, and uh, he'll be paired with Yelich and Marte. It's a great pick. Yeah, um, I think next up here is a very tough decision. I would, in a perfect world, I would go hitter. Um, I don't think this is a, a great place um, for for a bunch of pitchers that I don't necessarily trust. But I think we're on a little bit of a pitcher run, and um, it's just going to push the hitters back a little bit. But having the two hitters to start with Bellinger and Bogarts, gra- got to grab a pitcher, and it's really tough. Um, it. I think I think there are three it. guys in this range. Um, uh, I'll just name them if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, and Clayton Kershaw. Um, and I think I probably want to go with uh, the steady Eddie in a good park um, should he stay there next year, and that's Charlie Morton. And it might be a little bit of a jump, but Charlie Morton for me, amazing season this year. I like that. He's been amazing. This is back-to-back brilliant seasons out of Charlie Morton. I do think that that's probably going to shock some folks there. They might not have even they might have considered his teammate ahead of Morton. But I'm with you right now. I have Morton ahead of Blake Snell, and you just can't deny what he's done. Yes, he's going to be 36. He has some injury history, but I'm not going to like double count that. Like that's built into every pitcher right now, and I, I it's going to be his second straight. 30-start season for Morton. Great pick there. Uh, all right, so the story Marte, speed and power out the wazoo here. Do they bump a pitcher up, or do they go elsewhere? What's the next pick here for this club? Okay, so staying on brand, Trevor Story has injury history. 
Starling Marte has injury history, and Blake Snell is injured. Uh, you guys didn't even notice. I was putting together my all-injury team. <laughs> you got it right under our noses there, dude. You, you, you did it, and I'm frankly, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I was actually doing it and hoping that Blake Snell was going to fall to uh, J- Team Justin Four with Anthony Rendon's injury history, uh, Tatis, Tatis being, being on hurt. the IL, but I don't think he's going to make it at this point. So I'm going to kind of uh, snipe uh, Snell here. Uh, I think once he's healthy and back, he's going to be fine, and I think he's going to get knocked down uh, to about this range uh, coming into next year, uh, considering the injuries. So uh, love Snell still. Uh, Hope hope you're still listening to the podcast and uh, uh, and, and playing uh, Paul on uh, uh, MLB The Show. And, and and definitely Merkin Fools on Fortnite. Yeah, where he was my next pick as well. So you did snipe for the for the Lindor Martinez team. So I am going to stick with the pitcher. We are on a pitcher run here, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with the old guy though, Quentin Kershaw. Uh, remember when people worried about him this year? That was funny. Uh, imagine worrying about an inner circle Hall of Famer who was still elite last year. I did not understand the grave concerns that were placed on Kershaw. I thought that the workload concerns were built into the price. As far as performance, it was still excellent. So I still love Kershaw with Lindor Martinez. It's it's three boring vets. I know Lindor's like 18 years old, but he's already a, like a six-year vet. Uh, but yeah, him and Martinez, Lindor Martinez and Kershaw is just a, a, a steady trio to start a club with. So I'm no, I have no problem kicking Kershaw, uh, putting him as the ace of this club. Yeah, for my uh, pick right after you here, um, I'm going to, I don't know if this is really throwing the loop, but this is a guy that uh, people had much higher expectations for, and I'm seeing a monster season in his uh, age 21 season, and that's going to be my namesake, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah, doesn't steal bases, but if you remember, Steamer Projections had him, hadn't even played a game yet, and, and a single at bat on the major league level, they had him tops in batting average um, yeah. for the season, which is pretty wild. But, um, you know, he's still showing good play, play patience despite not having monster results. Um, you know, 10% walk rate, 17% strikeout rate. Um, you know, I think he's going to be somebody that, if he continues to stay quiet um, for the rest of the season, is going to be very slept upon and could easily enter first round uh, threshold. I love it. Uh, I have no with this if he if he kind of keeps his adp from last year i think vlad jr is going to be on a lot of my teams because uh i have not really been deterred he, yes he has not panned out to the extreme heights that uh the industry placed upon him but i still don't think that the pick is like an overwhelming bust from where he went um and i think he's going to be an absolute monster next year so great pick there to go with Betts and Degrom. now garrett cole and rafael devers are looking for a third player and who are they going to get, Justin? Mm, I'm very, very torn on this one because I feel like my team needs some speed. But I already mentioned my concerns of uh, uh, Whit Merrifield. So I'm going to go back to the same division as my last pick for this team, but go to the Baltimore Orioles and grab uh, Jonathan VR. You bastard! I never <laughs> thought that you clowns were going to take him. I should have. Because you're not, you're really good at fantasy baseball, but uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Talk to us a bit about VR. He's been fantastic this year, quietly. Uh, yeah, I think people have not really paid much attention to him, considering he's playing in Baltimore. 17 home runs, 28 stolen bases, hitting 278, uh, back to walking over 9% of the time. Uh, being on the Orioles means his defensive miscues 
uh, don't doesn't matter. They don't count. Yeah, because he's not <laughs> costing them games because they weren't winning games to begin with. So and they don't want to. They yeah. don't want to win. Uh, and no reason to think that uh, considering he is still arb eligible next year, uh, that he won't be on the Orioles at least to start the season. Yeah. So I mean, they could obviously look to trade him at some point, but uh, I think he's going to at least be there for the first half. So. Uh, yeah, he's he's been and super let impressive. Him run. Yeah, yeah, and they've absolutely let he's him run. Hit, hit so three twenty with seven home runs and eleven stolen bases in the second half so far. He's been great. Uh, good pick there, and he does have shortstop and second base for Jonathan VR. I thought it was a good pick there. Vlad, do you agree with VR being a top forty-five pick? Yeah, I mean it's just because of the the stolen bases. He's he's easily in my um in my top forty five. And unlike Malik Smith, he does offer some pop. I believe he's got seventeen homers on the year. Yeah. Really, a lot of it is just these last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, if he had been slumping, I think maybe people wouldn't be looking at him as a top forty five guy. But at this snapshot in time, I think he's an easily uh, easy top forty five pick because he continues to produce. He's why I really would wasn't taking Mondesi at the at the full freight cost because I could get VR a few rounds later, and I really thought they'd be similar. And VR has actually been better and obviously healthier. Uh, all right, so the next pick here for the Scherzer Mondesi team. We need some power on this club. So I'm going to just go ahead, and I'm sure Jay, uh, Justin's salivating at this guy because he's hurt, but I'm going to go ahead and take Joey Gallo for this club <laughs> and just pair the uh, the monstrous power with the speed. And uh, he only has outfield eligibility. He does, no longer has that first base, but that's totally fine. I never thought that Gallo would spike a 250 season. Obviously, it got cut short by injury. But I was really impressed with the, with the adjustments that he made this year. He still has the transcendent power. But if it comes without the just crushing batting average that he was having, 209, 206, the two years before, and if he can live, say, even in the 240s, then I'm happy with that. So I go with Gallo here to go with Scherzer and Mondesi. Yeah, great pick. Can't go wrong. All right. So Freeman and Jordan Alvarez are going to get paired up with whom, Vlad? Man, so there are a bunch of hitters that I want to take just because I want to uh, show off all the great third round value. Um, yeah, but I think exactly. I'll, <laughs> I think I'll say that for the, my next team. I think just for the sake of keeping it consistent and building a team that makes sense, um, though I would like to go a hitter, I just would be afraid what this team would have available as pitchers later on. Um, so I think Lucas Giolito falls here. Um, yeah, I guess maybe you can consider it kind of a dicey pick um, if you think about the season he had last year when he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball. But this year, it's just a whole different ball game. Doesn't matter the team he plays for; um, he's an absolute beast in in every which way. And so, I think he's going to be a a, a top twelve uh, SP one once again next season. I'm laughing because Justin changed his name in our spreadsheet to Lucas Gigolo. which made me laugh for some reason. It's a very easy joke, but it made me laugh. I, I love it. You're man. welcome. I, I, I've really, uh, you know, I wasn't ranking him earlier in the year. Like, I was just like, no, why? Don't don't take him. And the transformation for Lucas Giolito has been incredible, and I'm, I'm really bought in on it as well. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised. I just didn't know where he was going to go. But I, I do agree with it. I, I can totally get behind it. I have two other guys ahead of him, but I'm, I'm fine with Giolito being up here and, uh, and going with Freeman and Alvarez. Now, the Rendon and Tatis Jr., uh, they're they're in need of, of something here. What's their third pick looking like? Well, like I said, I originally had planned to do injury, 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 so I might as well keep with it for uh, Team 4. Uh, I'm going to take a shot on Chris Sale. I mean, this is a guy okay. who was a first-round pick uh, this year in NFBC main event. Uh, yes, it's, it's been an absolute disaster. 
uh, if he can come back strong uh, in the playoffs and uh, be hel- or or towards the end of the season and show some health, I think he may end up being a steal uh, around pick forty. So uh, I'll take the injury risk on this team. This will be my main event team, and and, and my other teams will be the uh, uh, you know my my you know draft champions ones. So now we're looking at the Turner Altuve club, and uh, I mean. They're going to pick again soon if this was uh, ostensibly going into the fourth round. So I'm not going to push up a pitcher here, even though they do need one. But I'm going to go for some punch. I'm going to go ahead and take Bryce Harper for this club, get the outfielder on the board. We still know what he can do at his best. Uh, He hasn't been transcendent this year in Philly. But I still think Bryce Harper's an absolute monster. Um, I know the batting average has been a challenge. You know, really three of the last four seasons – but he still gets on base like crazy, good counting numbers, 27 homers, even seven steals this year. So I think it goes well with with Turner and Altuve here. Yep, great pick. Uh, I think – so, Yeah, and, and this next batch, this is my final pick. Um, it's a Verlander team, so it's going to be a hitter here. Verlander with Jose Ramirez I think is a pretty solid start. You can, it literally opens you up to any direction that you want. It really does. Um, and I think there are a lot of guys that are are in consideration here. Um, you know, obviously Charlie Blackman, he stopped stealing bases, but hey, if he's still in cores, I think he's in the mix. Whit Merrifield, despite the lack of steals, is is you know obviously still a, a top forty five guy. Um, you know, Aaron Judge is completely slept on and, and forgot about. Um, Eduardo Escobar's got a hundred ribbies this year. I mean, like insane, dude, near the top. But for some reason, I can't pull the trigger on him here. Um, so, and I will mention one guy before I make my pick and that's David Dahl, who I will not even sniff the third round, but I'm going to go out and say it now that he's going to have a better year than Blackman next year. Um, I think he's uh, he a fifth rounder. Too. I was he's, so sad when he got hurt. Uh, he's got some bad, he's got some, he's got some bad career, Juju. Right. Um, <laughs> At some point it's not there. Juju though. This is the problem yeah. with guys like Correa and, and Dahl is health is a skill. And it's one of the few skills that Correa and Dahl don't have. Yeah, it's it's really sad, unfortunately. And so that's going to kind of affect me for, for Korea next year. But at the end of the day, my pick right here is going to be the monster that is Yasiel Puig. Um, oh, and, I did like I jack you? No, I but I it. love the pick. He was on my list. It's so good. Yeah, just that's my pick. I mean, so he's where, still where, running. He's still hitting homers. Where do you think he's going to be, right? He finishes up with Cleveland here. Is there a chance that they – well, never mind. They don't spend money. So, no, he won't be there. But where, where do you guys uh, – quick, quickly, since we are wrapping up here, where do, where do you think Puig's going to wind up, Vlad? Uh, how about Boston? Oh, my gosh. Where that'd does be he play in that? Bananas. From Bradley. They, can, <laughs> they don't have to keep playing Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to address other areas. Yeah, I agree. That's why I, I agree with that. See. That'd be crazy if he went there. Well, um, what about the Angels? That would be a worthy spend. I mean, we're try- again, we're trying to f- get them back into the pool of spending where it hopefully wouldn't kill them. Although it is a volatile spend too, so maybe I think they'd be <laughs> smarter to maybe go for Rendon if they're trying because the 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 history of Hamilton and Pools is going to influence them whether it should or not. It's going to. So I think that they would want to go with. St. Louis. Somebody more steady. He could be nuts in St. Louis. Puig's going to be interesting. I'm going to be really intrigued to see where he goes this offseason. But you're pairing him with Verlander and Ramirez, that's a great trio. What we're really showing, guys, is that these first three rounds are remarkably deep. Uh, it's it's hard to come out with a, what I call a bad squad here. So I like what you've done uh, with that. 
Justin, your last pick for the Bueller Soto duo. Do they stay young or do they find a uh, do they find a veteran that they like? Oh man, it, it's just you know kind of just echoing what Vlad was just saying. It's insanely deep. Just, I mean, I could go so many different ways here, and I'm I'm really really torn uh, <laughs> what to do. Uh, I guess you. Uh, I mean, Charlie Blackman is. I feel like he's just too good to pass up at this point. He's hitting like three thirties. Already got twenty-seven home runs. I know he doesn't. He's not stealing anymore, uh, but he's playing in Colorado. I, he, I think he's just too good of a value here, and he, he's going to get bumped down uh, because he's older and he doesn't steal anymore. But he he's just still fantastic, and so. He really is, and as long as he has cores, Charlie Blackman is a monster, and um, you know. It's just he's at like 900 there. It's insane. He's absolutely tearing, tearing the league up uh, when he's there, and so it doesn't even matter what he does on the road because he's so good at home. So there's Charlie Blackman to go with uh, with Soto and Bueller. Good trio there. This Arenado Bregman duo. So I've got Arenado third. Bregman obviously has third eligibility, but throw him at short. I think I'm actually going to take another infield. I, I agree with you guys agonizing over what to do here because you can go so many different routes. But I'm going to go with Max Muncie, and yes. uh, I really I think that uh, that was the other consideration. They were my, they were the top two, so stop looking at my draft board, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really considered Albies for the last couple picks because I do think he is a viable top 45. But I'm going to go with Muncie's power here. I really did believe in him to back up the breakout season last year, and he's absolutely done that. And so I'm really happy with with what he's been able to do. Uh, obviously, he's a little bit older, but I think he's really shown that you know he's going to be 29 next year. He's a quality 30 home run hitter with solid counting categories and a, a passable average, 263 last year, 260 this year. That's totally fine. Um, that gives this team a bit more punch to go with Arenado Bregman. Their infield's covered. He has first, third, sec- first, second, and third next year for Muncie. He's played 20 games at all three of those, so that's triple eligibility for Muncie as well. Obviously, this team would be wrapping around for the fourth round. They would need either a pitcher or an outfielder, but the infield that they have with Arenado Bregman and Muncie, I feel good about it. Vlad, you're the resident Dodgers fan. What do you think about Muncie as a top 45 guy? I mean, he is a top 45 guy. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Like, you know, anytime there's a righty on the mound, um, I'm pretty much just locking him and Bellinger into my DFS lineups. I don't care how expensive they are. Um, he's just a beast. Another 30-plus home runs this season. Um, he's just really figured it out from his uh, his days toiling and working on his uh, his swing and his stance in the minors with the A's. So um, he's fantastic. Another 30 homers coming next season. All right, guys. I know Vlad's got to get going here, but let's just talk about a few guys that didn't go. Vlad, you got a couple more minutes to, to do a little uh, wrap-up on that. Absolutely. All right, let's start with DJ LeMayhew. Um, Vlad, I will start with you. Was he a consideration for your top 45? He's obviously having this amazing season uh, with some newfound power, hitting 21 homers, a career high, but also the big-time batting average. His batting average you know, did not go down at all, leaving Colorado. He's up to a career, or not career high, excuse me, second best, 334. He had that 348 uh, league-leading season back in 2016. But was DJ LeMayhew anyone, someone you considered with any of these uh, latter half of the third-round picks? 100%. I drew up my top 45 list, and uh, he's he's in there. I mean, obviously had that little bit of an outlier season with the, uh, the Rockies. Outside of that, I mean, he is legitimately one of the best contact hitters in baseball. Seeing a little bit of power is nice and just – Leading off in Yankee Stadium and being a uh, an MVP candidate, um, he's a he's a top fifty guy for sure. 
Justin, do you agree? Did you have DJ LeMahieu as your top as a top forty-five guy? I did not, but he was close. Yeah, I had him, but he didn't he didn't fit for any of the teams. In fact, this last team here maybe could have taken him. I mean, obviously, I took Muncy, who fits at second, but I was taking Muncy specifically because of his power and because he has first base with this team. But I, I do have LeMahieu right there. Um, another guy similar to him is Jeff McNeil. Um, now, Justin, I'll start with you. Was he somebody that you considered, and who do you have uh, between the two? Uh, he is not in my top uh, top 45 overall. He's in my top 50 hitters, um, and I have McNeil below LeMahieu, but just barely. Vlad, what about you with Jeff McNeil um, really backing up what he did last year, this late career breakout are you excited about him as a top 45 guy or do you have on the outside looking in? Yeah. I mean, as far as, uh, since the day that he's come in the league, I think, you know, uh, maybe one or two guys have more hits than him over this period of time. And, you know, obviously he's produced and hitting 330 uh, pretty much for his career is, uh, is pretty dang impressive. Um, you know, not really stealing bases, but a good fit. Um, honestly, I think I would go with the, uh, safe and sound Michael Brantley producing every single year. And if he's still in that lineup in Houston, I, I prefer Brantley to McNeil. Yeah, so so strong there, and uh, they cut a similar figure, so go with the guy who's done it more often. Justin, you mentioned Ozzy Albies. He was a heavy consideration. He's on my top 45, just didn't really fit in. A couple of veterans. Uh, Judge was mentioned by Vlad. Chris Bryant. We didn't we didn't even say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, was, where are you guys with was, Chris yeah, Bryant? I was considering him with my last pick. It, yeah. It's just going to be so hard this year. I mean, even think about... Giancarlo Stanton, right? I yeah. mean, he could be a sixth rounder and pull a Nelly Cruz and hit 50 home runs next year, yeah, right? Darn right he could. And I, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even have him on my top 45, but he was, you know, he's right there. So you're going to be talking about him as like a top 60 guy. Like you said, that's, that's kind of crazy. We didn't even talk uh, about like the breakout of Josh Bell. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, who was amazing. And I mean, Eloy is ruining my draft discount for next season. Uh, by surging to the finish line. Yeah, and I mean he's a guy that could break into the top fifty of the way he's playing right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean a lot of guys hitting is just so deep, uh, and I mean really it feels like pitching is too. It feels like we're we're kind of in a spoiled golden age of fantasy baseball right now. Don't forget Claver Torres too, who we didn't mention, and he'll Ooh, still get he uh, he'll get still to get play the Orioles every. He'll week. still get all those games against the Orioles. And by the way, we we made it a point to uh, point out that Shohei Otani would be counted as two players, and we didn't take either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought about taking him as a hitter uh, in this last round, but I did too. But then push came to shove, and I was like, mm-hmm. eh. I'll, I'll I'll push him a little well, bit, but we, he's, all, we don't know how they're going to handle him next year. I think there's exactly. there's got to be some concern, uh, you know, as we don't know how many. Uh, and I think N- NFBC is a really interesting animal too. If he is one player, because you only get to switch out that lineup for hitter once a week, will that make even if he's dual eligible, will he be able to pitch for the second half? Will he be? I, I don't know. No. I, I don't yeah. think so. I think you'd, you'd only be able to put him in as a hitter or a pitcher at the beginning of the week. So even the split weeks wouldn't necessarily help you maneuver Otani there. Um, Vlad, who were your next three SPs off the board? Oh, man. Um, I think Hunjin Ryu, uh, Ryu needs to be in the conversation there just for his uh, absolute phenomenal season. Yes. Uh, that's one. Um, I think... Tyler Glass now isn't going to come anywhere close to that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the season that he was putting up early on in the year. Wait till um, he goes off in spring. He's going to be one of those guys mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a late riser once he starts, or you know. Playoffs. 
Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think I think his stock could change and he could push into the top 45 there by the end of March for Tyler Glass now. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, then there's Carrasco, there's Nola, there's Flaherty, uh, you know, maybe Bueller, uh, or I'm sorry, Bauer comes in and has a big bounce back. Where will Granky be? Nola, you know, Thor, yeah. Corbin. Yeah, Syndergaard has a two ERA in the second half. Yeah, I, I love Thor. He was actually my next off the board. Corbin, Castillo, Nola, they're all right there. Some of the guys you mentioned. Um, Eddie Rosario is like uh, you mentioned uh, Eduardo Escobar. I, I always pair those two together. But in my mind, I always pair them together. Rosario's having another great season. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Pham always seems to be playing with some sort of nagging injury or nine but playing through them and, ex- and excelling as well with you guys at all. Jeez. Yeah, Meadows, but the the two the two uh, Tampa Bay outfielders. How close were either of them for you guys? Uh, he's right around b- uh, borderline fifty, top fifty, just because he's a little younger. I feel like uh, this is you Meadows. Know, really, you're talking Meadows. About? Yeah, really yeah. felt like him a breakout. I have him over Fam next season. We didn't even give word one to Machado. He just he, is he just too bland right now with the uh, with the, the dynamic hitters that are available out there. Where, where'd the average go? Like yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And and so, it, again, it is becoming kind of bland. Um, how close were you guys to a catcher? We didn't mention any catcher. And who is your number one? Vlad, I'll start with you. Who's your number one catcher, and did you consider him at all here in the top 45? No, I'm a always uh, – I'm a fade, fade catcher for life uh, okay. kind of guy. I'll always wait your... for him. Uh, it's – it's it's. I mean, it's Gary. Okay. Um, just for the power, um, I do think that Wilson Contreras is uh, is up in the mix there as well. Justin, what about you? Who's your number one catcher, and did you consider him at all? I mean, it's still Gary Sanchez for me, and I did not consider him. Same and same. Uh, what about closer? The closing landscape is wild. I, I think I heard Jeff Erickson talking about this on his pod, that there's still the same amount of saves, but the dispersal of them, the distribution of them has been much crazier. Does this leave you guys more inclined to try to lock down one of the few closing aces or push you further away into saying, you know what? I'll just play in the middle and back ends of it. Vlad, start with you. Where are you on closer going into 2020? It's tough. I mean, I kind of like the, uh, the the Rob Silver plan of waiting, and, and this year even uh, attests to that even more where you have Edwin Diaz and uh, Blake Trinan. I mean, look at those two guys taken in the top 50, yep. people investing you know, strong draft capital in them, and, and look what happened. But as of right now, even with Brad Hand having an awful second half, like honestly – like Kirby Yates and Will Smith are pretty much your only like reliable, amazing numbered shortstops. I'm but, sorry, uh, relievers, closers. But yeah, then we do the same thing we did last year. We pop up the, the top two guys from this yep. year. We make them the top two next year. And so it is. There's some trepidation for me Tag with that. that second tier. Yeah, that's why I I, I, I I always just draft Rob, Roberto Osuna to be honest. I mean, the guy's the just got a career whip of amazingness. Roberto Osuna, and I know he has like one save in the last 400 years, but Felipe Vasquez is still somebody I like, and I'm going to be in that kind Chapman. of second, third tier. Yeah, Chapman, Chapman. I think he's going to end up being the number one, though. I think push come to shove, his ADP is going to be the top closer next oh, year. Right. People are going to go back to Chapman. That's my guess uh, as far Yates as how that's... Yates is going to be the number one. And I... Again, I worry that's the same Diaz Trinan mistake that we that we just got done making. Last guy I'll mention, then I'll give you guys each a chance to mention one more guy. Ramon Laureano was somebody who was about 46th for me. He was like right there. And the fact that he's hurt, I think, was enough to kind of push me off. But he's a guy I was really, really interested in into uh, coming into the season. And he's panned out to the level that that I was looking I was looking for a breakout. I thought maybe a little bit more speed, but 
I think we always kind of overestimate the speed for guys coming into the year, and then teams just don't run that much. But he has 22 homers or 21 homers and 12 steals. P- paces out to a 30-20 full season for Ramon Laureano. Uh, where are you guys on him, Justin? Start with you, Ramon Laureano. Is he near your top 45? No, he wasn't near it. But he's a guy I like. I just I think uh, there, there's some guys either with you know better pedigrees or or longer track records that I kind of lean towards. Uh, so he wasn't really in consideration for my top 45 overall. Vlad, what about Laser Ramon for you? Yeah, I mean, we would had he not gone on the IL, we'd be talking about a guy, you know, potentially in the top fifty because he does have that power speed component. Obviously, the the, the power breaking out this year, so um, absolutely fantastic player. Probably somebody you're going to get a nice little bargain on. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you really have to push him up that high. Uh, Justin, one more player that we haven't talked about that that you had consideration on. Mm, Victor Robles. Uh, yep. I just. He, ha- I think people are think about when or when they're talking about him, think about the guy who kind of started off the season slow, but he's uh, quietly really put together a very very nice season, especially from a fantasy perspective, because uh, he's got 16 home runs and 19 stolen bases. So I think there's still uh, a ton more uh, left for him to kind of gain. I think the the hit tool is better than he's than he showed early on in the season. Uh, so Victor Robles is a guy that I considered with my last pick ultimately, uh, went away from it, but, uh, a guy that I probably have another lot or a lot of shares again, uh, next year. Yeah. I think it's a year early syndrome with him, something I'm very accustomed to. So, um, I'm going to buy back in on Robles for sure. Vlad, what about you? One guy we haven't discussed that, that you had some consideration for. I mean, Nelly Cruz, right? I mean, uh, just you know, keeps doing it unbelievable you think about the fact that he's almost missed 40 games it's uh it's pretty wild and, and basically no one has a higher or a better home run you know per at bat uh or bat per home run pace this year he's so far going to be turning 39 going to be slept upon because he's utility only but uh nelly cruz gets it done every single year and on people would be like he was hurt so much last year it's just going to get worse and worse yeah he's going to be it's going to be a bargain he really is, and if you're not uh, if you're not uncomfortable blocking up the utility, and you shouldn't be for a guy like that, David Ortiz did this. He kept going as a value, and 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 this is a perfect analog to that. I do like Cruz as like a fourth, maybe even fifth rounder. Again, I'm going to be interested to see where the market goes to understand where I have to go to pick him. But I really like Nelson Cruz. That's a good call. Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up here in our 2020 preview draft. This was a lot of fun. Vlad, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Where can the people find you? Uh, For the season-long stuff, I'm on fantasyguru.com. I have another six weeks going in my From the Gut article and the uh, the fab uh, free agent bidding piece. So everybody hopefully can finish their year strong and uh, win some leagues. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Justin, it's great talking with you. Uh, Well done on your draft except for your all-injury team. I know you had to do it to stay both on brand. Both all-injury teams. Yeah, both, both your all-injury teams, they're going to flop mm-hmm. uh, crazy, and the commenters are going to kill you for them. But yeah, uh, no, all right, happens. Y'all hit us up on Twitter, at Rotogut for Vlad, at Justin Mason FWFB. For Justin, at Spore for me, let us know what you guys think. If there's anybody that we missed here that you guys definitely see in us, top 45 guys, let us know. Again, thank you, Vlad. Thank you, Justin. Peace.